McEwen in the left wing. McEwen wheels in front and was checked. The puck sat there for a moment. Now York is shot. Score! Ken York's first in the natural. And it's 2-1 Philadelphia. This is episode 83 of the Liberty L. Danny Diemer here with Chris Stumpo. As always, how are you, buddy? We're almost at the end of summer. Yep. Into training camp and preseason. And, uh... Eagles, Phillies playoffs, so doing better now. Yeah, I mean, in terms of Flyers land, it's pretty dark right now. Middle of it, August. It's going to remain dark. You think? You think so, yeah. Danny? I was watching the Eagles preseason game the other day, and I was like, the sad reality is, is I can't even get hyped for the Flyers like that. No. It's just, when you see what other teams in the city are doing and pulling off, like, James Harden taking less money. The Eagles look like they're going to be solid. The Phillies, I mean, Jesus Christ, they lose their best player. Two of the best players. And they players. go on a run. Like, I know. I don't know, dude, the, the Flyers have Johnny Gaudreau at the Flyers' skate zone signing Fire Chuck Fletcher signs. Yeah, let's get right into that. That's the most urgent thing ahead. I want to talk like, about. What are your thoughts on that? Because apparently For, the kid said that he was, like, a, like, a little bit lenient to, to do it. But he still did it. <laughs> so... That's crazy to me. He's a hero. That That kid is a hero. Definitely a hero. I appreciate the act. And, uh, no, but it's the fact that Johnny Goudreau signs it, takes a picture with him. Not just him, Tony (laughs) D'Angelo. Yeah. Current flyer who just signed. (laughs) Chuck Fletcher just gave him a contract (laughs) a week ago. And he's, like, the whole thing is, it feels clown show to me. It does. It's It's like just rubbing salt in the wound. What are the chances that this team, not on a, maybe not the entire team, but what are the chances that 50% or maybe less genuinely doesn't like this GM? What are the chances that, that it's actually the truth? Because I'm starting to believe it. Like if, if players are taking pictures with with, with with fans with fire Chuck Fletcher signs, I mean, that's, I don't think I've ever seen something like that before. Have you? A player? In this city? No, no. like an active NHL player, especially of the stature of Johnny, uh, Johnny Gaudreau in this flyer skate zone signing that. I mean, I know it's not a huge deal, but I, I mean, I was kind of taken back by it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty big. Honestly, when you see Tony D'Angelo also taking a picture, it's, it's, it's a bigger deal than one would, one would think yeah, in my opinion. Definitely eyebrow raising, right? And, and it makes sense. I was just going to say like, how could Hayes hate the GM when all he does is sign his best friends. But I do remember last year, like Hayes was really unhappy and listen, listen, I want to keep Yandel benched. Don't get me wrong. But Hayes is really unhappy with the way the Flyers did it, apparently. Remember? He came out at a yeah. press conference, was upset. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't blame him for being mad at the way they did it. But at the same time, Kevin, the, the guy should have been benched like four months prior, man. I mean, you know that he sucks. You're one of his best friends. I mean, come on. I understand that, yeah, maybe the way they did it right before he hit the... The, uh, the amount of games, what was it, 3,000? I forget what it was. I, mean, I, I That's how much I didn't give a fuck. I don't even know how many games he was about to hit. But, I mean, like, yeah, get mad at the fact of the way they did it, maybe. But, I mean, dude, the guy sucked. And the team sucked. I, I mean, how how is that going to be the thing that you get mad at? That you come out and, 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 and say shit about? When the team has been literal dog water the entire year. And I didn't see you come out and get mad at the team's play once. But you'll come out and get mad that Keith Gano got benched? Your buddy? Uh, stop. 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 
yeah, the way they did it was weird, but stop. That's such bullshit. That pisses me off. It happened like six months ago or four months ago, and that, that just re-pissed me off. That's ridiculous, in my opinion. I'm sorry. But I'm thinking about it, and it's just like, how could any of these players honestly like have full faith in him at this point? I mean, I don't know. you just saw the season that they had. And then the promises the GM made, like, if the fans are upset, imagine the people who actually have to go out onto the ice. Like, they don't get to play alongside Johnny Goudreau now. They don't get, they have to stick with James Van Reems, though. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I forgot about him. Like, no. So, if I'm looking at it from a player's perspective and, like, deadline onward, all right, Giroux's gone, and then JVR stays, and then Braun comes back, Delorier comes in, Tony D'Angelo, I'm... I wouldn't be that faithful myself as a player either, but obviously I'm not trying to put words in their mouths or nothing, but, I mean. It's pretty brutal when you put it like that. <laughs> G gone. Yeah, you DeLorean. traded the captain, and you didn't do anything. So the team's worse. I, I know we, we might sound like a broken record here, but going off your point, the team definitely got worse. But, like, in terms of a player's perspective over this offseason, I mean, they listen to the same stuff we listen to. I'm sure they. I don't know if they tune in to to uh, Chuck's press conferences, but I'm sure they see stuff. They know what he said towards the end of last season and, and heading into the summer, and then he completely turned a, a complete 180 uh, in the middle of the in the middle of the off season when it got started. It's just like you said. I don't know how as a player that you could go into that locker room and be confident in the organization. Um, maybe John Tortorello can kind of like shield them from the organization if you will and just kind of do like hey guys fuck them i mean obviously Torello isn't gonna say that because they just hired him but like hey don't worry about them like let's do our thing we're here uh let me let me try to turn this thing around and like really buy in because i do think he's gonna get a majority of this roster to buy in uh, i just say it's kind of coach that Torello is but yeah, they'll be better they'll they'll actually probably be enjoyable to watch I would times, but I think just on paper they're a worse yeah, team going oh, into this season. Definitely, not even a question. Dude. I mean, anytime you unload a guy like Giroux, lose guy a guy like Ellis to injury, and then bring back Braun and Deloria, yeah, you got worse. I don't know. Nobody in their right mind can look at this roster paper wise and be like, yeah, they got better. I mean, I could see maybe, maybe somebody making a crazy argument that John Tortorello can can kind of turn this team into a system team and play in the right way and like Columbus did a couple years ago and maybe they can play his game and, and, and be good. But paper-wise, oh, absolutely. They're they're atrocious. Yeah. They're atrocious. Like if that were to happen, it's, it's John Tortorella puts together like a Jack Adams type of year. Yeah. Just, and then it's in spite of Chuck Fletcher, like I said in the last episode. It's not because of him. And I told you last night, I have the entire lineup plus the extra forward and the extra defenseman on my whiteboard in my room. So every time I wake up, I get to look at how beautiful our lineup is going to be come opening night. Faraby, uh, no, Faraby's not even in the opening lineup because I have him up there right now because I just decided to do it without uh, Faraby's injury because he'll probably be back a couple weeks into the season. But with Faraby in the lineup, Faraby, Couturier, Atkinson, JVR, Hayes, Konechny, Cates, Frost, Tippett, Delorier, Lawton, McEwen with the extra being Brown. Provorov D'Angelo is the top pair. Sandheim Ristolainen is the middle pair. And then York Braun as the last third pair. Uh, as long as York doesn't have the worst training camp of all time, he'll probably be there. No, he will be there. 
and then the extra defenseman sealer with Hart, Grossnick, Erson, and then Sandstrom starting uh fight for that backup spot. That's that's what we're looking at right now if he doesn't make any more moves, which he's not going to. Like it's we're almost at rookie camp and then by the time rookie camp rolls around it'll be training camp time. So this is our know. team. This is who yeah. we are. He just signed Jackson Cates for like seven hundred K today. Yep. He's he's putting the cherry on top. He ain't doing anything else. Uh, two-way con- – yeah, but let's just get that out of the way real quick. The Flyers re-signed Jackson Cates to a two-way deal worth $775,000 at the NHL level and $150,000 if he plays in the NHL with the Phantoms. So uh, I, I know uh, he had a really, really scary injury with the Phantoms towards the end of the season last year where he, like, fell and slid into the boards and had to be stretchered off, I'm pretty sure, and then uh, driven to the hospital. So it's really good to see him – be able to train this summer with Noah and then be able to sign a, a contract with us. But, I mean, it's not huge news. It's not huge news at all. No offense to Jackson Case, but Noah Case is a lot better of a player. But uh, that's just the kind of news that we have right now in the August 15th, the dead of hockey season. So You know what I think about? What? When he signed Sean Couturier to that deal and everyone knew at the time it was a bit of a pay cut and he came out and was like, Sean, like me and Sean decided like we were going to go longer term, take a little bit of a pay cut for more flexibility throughout the years so we can compete. Dude. Like, yeah. That was a t- complete lie. Yeah, you said that last week. I mean, last ep- uh, last episode. You said, I know for a fact that Couturier signed that contract with the idea of, hey, maybe G can come back, take a pay cut, and then we can go out and get somebody. But, I mean, the, t- the total opposite happened now. I mean, I'm sure Couturier yeah. is, isn't happy. Uh, if not I mean, G, he was probably thinking Johnny Goudreau. Somebody. Yeah, Forsberg. Something. I mean, I know Forsberg signed back with with, with Nashville, but I mean, uh, any kind of talent. I mean, they're relying on they're relying on Couturier to come back healthy and play well, which he will. I have no doubts about Sean Couturier coming back and playing good hockey. I mean, he had a, six points in his last couple games like he, he was fine i'm pretty sure he had 11 points by the time he uh had to get out of the lineup so i'm not really worried about him hayes i'm a little worried about uh i'm worried about him being able to come back fully fully healthy and be able to play 100 percent the entire season I, I can't sit here and say that i'm not afraid of him getting hurt and then the third line is just they're just relying on Case Frost and Tippett being able to like form something. Hopefully, ho- if the Flyers are good this year, this is my hot take. If the Flyers are actually good this year and are competing for a playoff spot, which I don't see them doing, but if that third line is going to have to be like our second line, that means that that third line found something, started finishing, and really elevated their play to second line level. So if Case Frost and Tippett can step up show that they're NHL players, show that they can finish at the NHL level. I mean, I, we talk about how much Cates, Frost, and Tippett played extremely well towards the end of last season. If they can continue that and really take that next step, then, I mean, maybe you have something because a JVR, Hayes, connecting third line wouldn't be awful, wouldn't be terrible. But there's just a lot of things have to go right here. Provorov and D'Angelo have to find a rhythm. D'Angelo's not really known as a defensive guy, and Provorov, is, Provorov likes to take chances offensively. Um, and have that defensive guy stay back. That's why he was so good with Niskanen. Uh, that's why he was okay with Braun at times, but Braun just isn't a first-pairing guy. Um, and then Sandheim, Ristolainen was our best pair last year, by far. Not saying a lot, I know, but hopefully they can continue that. And then the York-Braun third pair isn't really that bad. It's really not. I'm actually kind of looking forward to see how they can they can play, but we're a Braun injury away from a York-Sealer pair. I mean, that's terrifying, in my opinion. 
I think a fully healthy defense could be pleasantly surprising. Yeah, a fully healthy defense with Provorov and D'Angelo hopefully connecting in a Tortorello system behind, I mean, in front of Hart. You can, <laughs> I'll buy it. It doesn't take much for me to buy in. But if that can happen and Tortorello can really, really, really nail down the fact that they have to play better in front of Hart um, and the backup, not just Hart, but. Everybody. I mean, I know uh, Jones played well towards the end of last season, but I mean, I'm not really, I don't really care. But Hart's the <laughs> main component of this entire thing. He's the, he's the one guy that can get us out of this. If there's anybody on this team, I think I said it last episode. If there's anybody on this team right now that could turn into a franchise player and really carry a team on its back, it's going to be Hart. So yeah, Torello system, putting that defense in front of Hart and playing well with him behind there. So. We'll see. It's going to be tough. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be... I don't know how I'm going to react like two weeks into the season, three weeks into the season. I don't know how long I'm going to give this team because I know it's a new coach, new system, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, I'm so tired of saying that. New system, got to yeah. give it time. New system, got to give it time. Last 10 years we've been saying some shit like that. But, like, I don't think your request of the third line becoming a second line is a tough ask. Like, it feels like it is for us because we're just used to disappointment for exactly. years and years and no one taking the torch. But, like, you think about it, they're they're getting their first real shot. Like if Frost and Tippett fail here, it's on them. Like there's no more excuses that can be made for them. There's no more they were yo yo, they coming off an injury, blah blah blah. Like this is this is the shot. This is the stage this season. Absolutely. So, former first round draft selections, both of them. Just twenty three. Both like and everyone's just saying that these people need chances. Like Tippett never got a chance in Florida. Needs a real chance. Needs a real chance. Frost, same thing here. Was yo-yoed, was injured. So it's it's go time for them. It's on them. Absolutely. And then you got Kate's next to them. And it's not Mike Yo now. You're not going to be, I don't yeah. know, Yeah, in, in a chaotic environment. Like, you're going to be in a structured environment. I have faith in Tortorella to bring some structure to the team. So Absolutely. I'm not worried them. about Torts. Like, that's the thing. I'm not worried about. Yeah, he's the one I'm most excited for. But that should not be the case. I, I should not be the most excited for a fucking coach. For a 65-year-old coach. Should I be just... watching Johnny Goudreau highlights or Alex the Brinkat highlights. Anybody, dude. Anybody with talent would have been really cool. I mean, I know Tony D'Angelo is a pretty talented player, but on the offensive side, anybody with high-end talent would have been awesome. I mean, Farabee has a chance to be that high-end guy. We just talked about Frost, Tippett, and Cates hopefully taking that next step. Konechny, I know he had 52 points last year, but the goals just weren't there. I'm so tired of hearing about the assists. And, uh, oh, oh, oh uh, he led the team in this. He led the team in this. Dude, the team fucking sucked. Dude, Can we stop is, talking about that? Konechny has regressed since his all-star season. Absolutely. That's, that's the reality of it. Absolutely. And, it, like, yeah. Can you maybe say he's regressed because the team around them has been absolute fucking butt cheeks? Yeah. Uh, you can make an argument. Honestly, honestly, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it because he still plays in top six situations, power play situations. Like, it ain't like he's the one playing with Mayhew with regularity. <laughs> he's playing with the Couturiers. He's playing with the Giroux. He's playing with the Hazers. He's playing with everyone in the top six. So, there's an, he's playing with the Atkinses. Like, he has the, the supporting cast. He was just not that good last season. 16 goals, 36 assists, 52 points in 79 games. Minus 23. That's what he was last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like. His playmaking is good. And like you said, for sure. definitely good. And like you said, he plays in the top six. So, I mean, you're playing with good players. You're going to you're gonna collect points. And he's not, a, he's not like a little kid anymore, you yeah. know? 
how old is he? Twenty four, twenty five now. He is twenty five years old. Exactly, and he's on like a a good decent contract now. He's a veteran on the team now. He'll be twenty six in March. Yeah, like he's a veteran on the team. He now. is absolutely. I mean, rookie year, seventy games played, eleven goals, seventeen assists, twenty eight points. And then the next three years, twenty seventeen through twenty uh, twenty nineteen twenty twenty, he had twenty four goals each year. Didn't didn't go below the twenty four goals. Didn't go above the twenty four goals. Stayed there for three years straight. Then 2020, 2021, 50 games, scored 11 goals, 23 assists, 34 points in 50 games. That's not, that's not good. That's not good enough. Last year, 79 games, 16 goals, 36 assists, 52 points, like I just said. It's just like you said. I, you're playing top six minutes. You're one of our quote-unquote offensive talented, uh, offensively talented players. You need to put up goals. You need to put up points. It's just not enough, like you said. I need 60-plus 60, 60 points, 65-plus points from a guy like Travis Connecting, especially playing the way he is. I mean, where yeah. he is. It Absolutely. started with the bubble. It's incredibly disappointing. The season he had in 1920, he was electric. Like, he was dying on That money. first game in Prague against Chicago, I was like, what the fuck got into Oscar Lindblom and Travis Konechny? Like, what the hell am I – like, what is going on? But now – Oscar Lindblom as a as a San Jose Shark, and I don't have that much confidence in Travis Konechny. I really don't. Like, I'm not bashing him. I'm not saying he's a shitty player because he's not. He's a good player. I'm not saying he's not. But I need more, and I've been disappointed by Travis Konechny the last two years. And you can throw these stats in my face saying, "Oh, he's led the team in this. He's led the team in this. He's led the team in that." I don't give a fuck, dude. I really don't. The team has been ass. The team sucks. So that's not saying you're not saying he's led the Colorado Avalanche or the Capitals or the Penguins or the Rangers or even the Islanders in points. We're talking about the Flyers who finished fourth worst in the league last year. Like, do not throw those stats in my face. Do not. Absolutely not. That's like the worst thing you can do when arguing about Travis Konechny. Oh, but he put it's like it's like the JVR argument. Oh, but look, he scored 24 goals. Yeah, the last fucking week of the season. Against Ottawa, he has it's two like, goals, like you said. Tell like, me you don't watch games without telling me you don't watch games. Is basically what that argument feels like. Like, does nobody else see Travis Konechny hit glass eight times a game and not get upset? Like, I'm not, I'm not allowed to get upset about my quote-unquote goal scorer hitting glass? Well, that's why we're frustrated. It's the bar he set. It's not like we have some unrealistic expectation where we're like, turn into Giroux, bro. Like, yeah. we've seen him. Like, he set a bar in 1920. Where he, he honestly felt like the guy at times. Like, the guy we went to, third period, needed yeah. a big goal. He was clutch like that. Especially then, in overtime. Remember his goal against Washington when he cut into the slot and went top right? In they, Washington? Dude, he was money. He was. And, the bar he, and he was clutch in big spots. And me- I remember saying, like, even in the defensive zone, he's more responsible. Like, he's helping out. He's, set, like, he's good along the boards now. Yeah. Uh, he's not just getting thrown off the puck. Like, he's doing that shit Giroud does where he puts his back to him and he's crafty with it. It's the bar he set. He looked like he was going to be a member of the core, like a, like a top piece in the core that year. And then going in the playoffs, he laid a dud, like 22 games, no yeah, goals. Yeah, bread. And then since then, nothing. And like you said, it's the bar that he set. It's not that like we've come in here with any crazy expectations. When he was 21, 22, and 23 years old, he had 24 goals. So how is it insane for us to look at 24, 25-year-old, 26-year-old Travis Connecting and say, hey, I need more than 24 goals. I need more than 49 points, 47 points. I need more from a guy 
who's making the money that you're making. I know he doesn't make a lot. He's actually on a pretty good contract. If you would look to any of these contracts on this team, this is probably the best in terms of, of, of value. Couturier, too. I don't know. Everyone bitches about that contract, but that's one of the best contracts on the team. <laughs> Couturier is our highest paid player, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't even make eight million dollars. I mean, we are to the cap ceiling, and we don't even have an eight million dollar player. I-, I had a conversation with somebody on the timeline a couple weeks ago. It's because we hand six million dollar contracts out like they're candy. All of those middling, and those are the ones that just sink you, dude, in the salary cap. It's they true. Really do we hand six point five million dollar contracts out like they're candy? I mean, uh, Sean Couturier makes what seven seven. He's he's still on LTIR on uh cap friendly right now. So seven seven five he makes. He is the highest paid player on the team. Uh, second highest played player is Kevin Hayes at seven one, and then Van Reems like at seven. So you have Hayes, Hayes, Van Reems like, and Couturier all making seven million dollars. So that's twenty one plus million dollars right there in three players, and two of them are okay. Van Reems like is okay. Gene, uh, Kevin Hayes is a good player. Hopefully he can get back and get healthy and, and bring what he brought when he his first year here. Because, I mean, like, we talked about it on the pod years and years ago. Kevin Hayes' contract isn't ideal, 100%. Chuck had to overpay for it at the time. But he brings a lot more to the table than a James Van Riemsdyk does. Like, you look at James's contract, you're like, okay, $7 million. The only thing that you do is score goals. So I need you to score goals. But you look at Kevin Hayes, he plays on the power play, on the PK, 5-on-5. He plays every situation. So he brings a lot more to the table than Varian like does in terms of all-around play. So that's why I'm, I'm a little bit more lenient towards Hayes' contract. But when I look at James and Reimsley's contract, I've said this so many fucking times, our listeners are probably annoyed by it, but if he's not scoring goals, he's doing absolutely nothing. He's coasting, like you've said numerous times. He just coasts. That's what he's doing. So that's why I'm a little bit more lenient about Kevin Hayes' contract. Um, Agassiz makes 5'8". Connect makes 5-5. Five five. So it's not really... Connecty's contract really isn't that bad, in my opinion. And I'm sure yours, too. Uh, more than everything, it's just a lack of direction, man. Like That's what it all comes back to at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, that's the frustrating part. Because you sit there and you watch the World Juniors and you're like, man... You watch Connor Bedard and you're like, we won't even be in the running. Like, I would have, at the very least, two roads... I would have liked to have gone down. The one where we get Johnny Goudreau and we just we're watching highlights, we're buying into the Tortorella system, and we're just we're just hyped. The Flyers went for it, they took a swing and we're hyped. Or the other road where we actually tanked, and I could sit here and watch these world juniors and watch all of these prospects, including Connor Bedard, and think to myself, Well, there's there could be a light at the end of this road. But it feels like the path that we're on now is either scrape into the playoffs and either hopefully like miracle run but realistically gonna get bounced in the first or second round or we're just not gonna make it at all and our draft pick's not gonna be that desirable obviously it'll be a good draft pick because the draft is stacked but for what it could have been the draft's ridiculous like the top 10 in this in this next draft coming could have like four or five elite players i'm talking about like guys that are going to be on teams for the next 15 years type type draft so i mean if, I wish we I wish we ripped it all down. I, I wish know. we just said to the fan I wish he just said to the fan base, listen, this draft is stacked. We're gonna take a little deep breath, try to get a nice top five lottery pick this year, and then we'll take it from there. See, like I think we said this in the last episode, but that's where the frustration comes from because 
he didn't come out and say that. But if he did, we would have been cool with it. Like, you, I'm pretty sure you said it. Like, this is the only opportunity that you had had a chance to tell a Philadelphia sports market that we were going to purposely lose and we'd all be cool with it. Other than, like, the Sixers doing it for whatever, how many years they did that. But perfect opportunity because everybody and their mom would have been okay with, with them coming out and being like, hey, step back kind of kind of year. We're, gonna, we're not going to go out and get these crazy free agents. Like, we're going to see how our young play, players develop, see who can be on this team next year, who can help us in the coming years, and then we're going to really, really jump into this deep draft. And everybody would have been like, awesome, awesome. We're going into this season looking at young guys. How's York going to do? How's Cade's going to do? How's Frosty going to do? How's Farabee going to bounce back from an injury? That's what I would have went into the season looking at. I would have been looking at all these younger guys. How's Zamula? Will Zamula get any playing time? Will Forrester make the team out of camp? Will Day or Nay get a call up? Like, that's what I would. But now I'm like, we're in win mode. I'm going to be sitting watching the games wanting to win games. I want to win now. If you're feeding me Tortorella, you're feeding me fucking all this bullshit, I want to win. That's where I'm at. I understand there's going to be some fans where be realistic, be realistic. I am being realistic. This is where we're at right now. We're not tanking. We're not retooling. We ran it back. He wants to win. Okay. I'm a Flyers fan thick and through. Thick and thin, thick and through. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a Flyers fan, thick and thin, and I'm here for it. I'm always going to be here for it. But at the end of the day, you had so many opportunities to do this the right way, and he, he, you, you fumbled everything. You, everything that they have done leading up to right now, August fifteenth, has been the wrong thing. There hasn't been one positive thing coming out of the Flyers organization in a very long time. When's the last time you've been like genuinely excited about the Flyers? Like we drafted fifth overall a couple months ago, and I couldn't have cared less. Cutter's cool and all, excited to see what he can do. But I mean, fuck, dude. Genuinely excited, twenty twenty. Uh, I would say going into last season, I was genuinely excited. I think we both were heading into last season. We were okay. Maybe they can. Like Risto, they they got Risto. Fairby was coming back. I mean, uh. Fairby was on a new contract. He just signed that extension. I mean, I was I was hyped for it. I mean, AV got fired <laughs> months into the season. I mean, it was just a total disaster ever since AV got fired. It hasn't. It's just been brutal, man. I, I mean, this is where we're at. Sad. But like we did, like you said, we would have rallied around a young team. Absolutely. Like, like, do you remember? Um, and we can, we still can. Like this team could still be a young team if these young kids can step up and be good. I mean, yeah, but now it's like we're to the cap ceiling though. Yeah, you know, and then if these young kids like if Frost steps up, Tippett steps up, then then JVR is off the books next year. Maybe you look at moving Hayes. Maybe you move Lawton, who makes three million dollars. Uh, you can move some of these contract connecty. Uh, I mean, we talk about it all the time in the group chat. Provorov and Sandheim thing has to be talked about soon. I mean, they have Provorov, Sandheim, York, Zamula, Hogberg, and now Andrea, who's lighting up the World Juniors on that left side. Who I. I Andrea could possibly fight for a spot in 2023-2024. So, I mean, something has to happen with that left side. Either Provorov gets traded, Sanheim gets traded, because York, if he has a good year this year, could probably play in that top four on an ELC contract, and that would really help us contract-wise. So, we'll see. We'll see. And I don't bring up, oh, they, they could just trade Risto. They don't want to. I'm being realistic. They like Risto. They want him on the team. He's there. Deal with it. Like, swallow it. He's here. 
would I trade him? Yeah, I would. Dude, but nah, he's people here. People always say that they're like, "Well, why did why didn't they just trade Risto or trade Risto?" I'm like, dude, like you said, let's be realistic. They clearly traded for him because they like him. They just extended him. They're not going to move him right after. That's the parameters we're operating in. That's why we're not Thank saying. You. Thank you. Yeah. Just being realistic. That's all what it comes down to. I have said it multiple times. I would have traded Risto at the trade deadline. Yeah, if I was the GM, he wouldn't be here. Absolutely. You happy? You happy? <laughs> yeah. It absolutely would not be here. Um, but, I mean, like you said, this is this is the team that we're dealing with. They like Risto. They just extended him. He's not going anywhere. I promise. I, I bet you a lot of money Chuck Fletcher's looking at Risto as like one of the main guys for the John Tortorella hire. Oh, maybe Tortorella can come in here and really, really help him be a structured defenseman and have a structured kind of system around him. And let's see how he can play in that. Cause I, I know for a fact that Tortorella is going to be like, Risto, if you step up for a hit one more time and take yourself out of the play, you're you're sitting. Tortorello is going to be on his ass. Like that's just what Tortorello does. He holds players accountable, but he consistently does it. You know what you're getting with a guy like John Tortorello. So we'll see what Ristolainen does this year. But in the next, like Sandheim's going to get paid. He he, he played well last year. Him and Ristolainen were pretty good. They both helped each other. He's going to get paid. Provorov already makes six point seven. I'm pretty sure. Uh, let me go check real fast. Yeah, six seven five. So. Me and you talk about it all the time. I mean, that's going to be a lot of money wrapped up in a top four. That's not really that good if they decide to keep Sandheim, re-sign him, and then have York as a third-pairing guy. And then York has to be re-upped on his RFA deal after this season. Yeah. And the rest, like we said, the rest are already signed long-term. So it just made sense. Like It felt like writing was on the wall with them acquiring D'Angelo. And them just... They feel willing to go out and get like a five, six million dollar defenseman every off season. So like to me that that's the writing on the wall that they don't fully have faith in some of these guys to take the mantle and with Sandheim getting a couple bridge deals leading up to this free agency, it just felt like he was the guy. And with the the decent season he had last season, the body of work, GMs like him, there's value there. He is a good player. So that's what it just felt like to me, Sandheim Absolutely. was the odd man out. But we'll see. Oh, definitely. We'll see. Um, we can get into a couple of questions. Uh, Johnny Lecca, who from the juniors do you feel could have the biggest upside for the Flyers? Don't know if he's talking about the world juniors that are happening right now or just juniors in general, like junior leagues. Um, I'm going to assume you're talking about the world juniors. And if I'm wrong, let us know. But that's how we're going to answer this question. <laughs> Uh, but right now, Forrester and Andrea have just been so impressive, especially Andrea. I mean, he's the captain of Sweden, and he's just been playing lights out. He had two points against the Team USA last night, one goal, two assists. He has three goals, two assists, five points in three games for Team Sweden right now. So, I mean, his his play has been very impressive. And if I had to put those four players who are currently representing the Flyers in the World Juniors like in a list as as – who I'm more impressed with from one to four, it'd be Andrea, Forrester, Zanetti, and then Dayrene. I have not been impressed with Dayrene at all. I'm pretty sure last game he got taken out of the, the got taken off the fourth line for a couple of shifts. So uh, zero goals, zero assists, zero points in three games. So having not been impressed with Dayrene, considering the fact of how well he played in the tournament before it got canceled, 
uh, in December. So definitely a little worrisome. Not not that impressed with his play. But I mean, if you look at Forrester, did you see that goal? Are you kidding me? Dude, Forrester feels like to me if he could just stay healthy, fix fix that skating problem and stay healthy, he could be just such a unit. Absolutely, absolutely. And the first game of the tournament, the skating looked really weird. Like you could really tell that he was kind of like second guessing where he should be and kind of like taking it all in. I guess you could say. But I mean, the last two games, Danny, he's probably been one of their best players. He's been absolutely everywhere, especially the game he scored. I mean, he should have had three goals that game. I mean, he's been... Dude, even that first game, he could have had, like, two tap-ins. Oh, I know. I know. But the first game, he missed on, like, two slap shots. And it just looked like he didn't... He wasn't, like, acclimated yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was something something I was going to say to you, too. It's probably, like, their first, like, high-level hockey game in a a while. You know? Like, they're probably just getting back into the swing of things. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Especially, like, that Latvia game. Like, you could see a lot of rust there. Canada and Finland just dropped the puck, so I'll get I'll keep you guys updated as long as we're on there. With that, uh, Forrester is still on Stan Coven and Kent Johnson's line. If anybody saw Kent Johnson Kent Johnson's Michigan the other night, that was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> Columbus is going to have a lot of fun with that guy, but uh, Forrester, like you said, could be an absolute unit. Zanetti played f- two minutes two games ago and did not play today. So I think he's hurt because if he's he would not be a healthy scratch because he's one of their best defensemen on Team Switzerland. So that's a little worrisome. He does have one point in three games. So he's another player that's been playing pretty well, but Darren A's been the disappointment for me. Speaking of disappointments, let's address the elephant in the room with Cutter Gauthier not even making the tournament. <laughs> yeah, so Sting's updates... I'm pretty sure you've seen him a couple of times, and if you're mm-hmm. listening, I'm pretty sure you've seen him around the timeline a couple of times. He sent somebody's tweet under somebody saying, like, why the hell isn't Cutter on this team? And the guy was basically like, don't read into it too much. There's a couple of underagers that didn't make the team, and Cutter will be on the team in December. So uh, don't really look into it too much. You know, there we go. Because that, that was what I was going to say to you. I was like, yo, if the tournament around Christmas – like and he had like a couple months under his belt, like at college. Like, do you think he would have made the team? I think, yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, that makes sense. Now, if he's not on the team come December, then we can hop on here and start talking about what the fuck's going on. How is a fifth overall pick not in the World Juniors representing his country? That would be definitely worrisome, in my opinion. But I mean, so wait, if they're running another tournament back in December, that almost makes me feel like, like this is like a warm up one, you know? I, I, I mean, te- this is just a. This is just a makeup for for December. Yeah, like, this is this is all this is. This isn't uh, like a... yeah, it's all yeah. It's, the pieces are all coming together now. That's yeah. why he's not there. Someone else probably who got robbed of a spot last year is probably getting the fill in for this August. Maybe yeah. I don't know. And he's young. He's really young. So I did read something that said that like there's a possibility that he might have just declined. Maybe he didn't want to <laughs> go and and play because he knows he's gonna be on the team in December. So he's like, why would I do that? Let me go train for yeah. college get ready for training camp with the Flyers, and then... Oh, will he be with the Flyers come training camp? I always wondered that with college players, because w- w- was York with the I team? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I think he was. I don't I know. Think, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Ryan Conway. When can I publicly turn on Kevin Hayes without getting hate for it? I mean, you could do that now, dude. I don't I, know. I, yeah, I think he, I think you could do that now. I mean, I don't know. I what, mean, it... It depends on like how you turn on Kevin Hayes. Like if if your criticisms are fair, 
then yeah, absolutely. I mean, he had an injury last season. His contract's kind of large. Got to stop signing his friends. <laughs> not not yeah, working out. Yeah, we keep out. signing his friends, yeah. Uh, Except for the one that wanted to come here and that was an elite <laughs> player. Are you kidding me? That's the one he what balks at. What was it all at. for? What was it all for? It felt like... It felt like we were setting up to, like, lure Goudreau in, and it worked. And we were like, nah. Everything. We just, we just wanted to see if you would come. Nah. Everything felt like he was coming until that morning we woke up. <laughs> and Aunt Philip, uh, San Filippo was like, he's not coming. And we yeah, were I still, all like, what? I still didn't even believe it then. It wasn't, honestly. Me either. Believe it or not, it wasn't until I got, like, the Elliot Friedman notification. It was like, Goudreau to Columbus. Stop! I, was, I sat there looking at my phone for, like, ten minutes, dude. Like, jaw dropped. I was like, oh. Goudreau to Columbus. That's just words I never wanted to hear, man. Dude, that day was dark as hell, dude. Flyers fan 3344. Are the Flyers the most directionless ho- hockey organization in the league, I'm guessing? Um, nah, I mean, I, you got to go nah. Coyotes, right? Because the Coyotes... You know, they, <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> the Coyotes just, like, get contracts of players who don't even play anymore. They, they, can, they can never even attempt to be good. At least we can spend money. We just do it badly. Yeah. They, they yeah. can't even go for it. Arizona so. fucking sucks. Uh, and I don't know if I would say directionless for this team, but I, Vegas is starting to get there. <laughs> because, I mean, they have a couple players right now that will not play this year. Like Shea Weber. They're going to hit a wall. Nolan Patrick. Right. Like, Pacioretty, they just traded away. Like, they're, they're, they're a team I'm looking at. Like, you fucked up doing doing the, the draft the way you did it. The expansion drafts because i i mean now the more and more i think about it seattle's smart man that was a smart i mean maybe well, not the vegas did get a lot of early success they like did conference finals because they Stanley went all Cup in finals like every big big like trade rumor at the time was vegas is in on it oh yeah free agent the, vegas last season was the it. first time they didn't make the playoffs all because of san jose who purposely wanted to spoil their season you, you remember seeing that Timo no. Meyer was basically oh dude the the last like one of the last games of the season San Jose like m- all the San Jose players were coming out were like we're playing this game like we're way out of the playoff we're playing this game like it's a playoff game like we want to ruin Vegas's chance it. and they did they did bro it, it was like it was a game one like they were celebrating crazy scoring uh, the OT goal against Vegas to to basically eliminate from from the playoffs it's awesome just feels like the honeymoon phase is over like the their magic. I mean, I still think they'll be decent next season, but I just, in terms of like actually winning anything, I think Vegas is tapped out. I think that window is closing. I don't know. Uh, Flyers fan, or Flyers fan three three four four might have a point here. I mean, other than, other than Arizona, like you just said, Buffalo. What other team is directionless? Boston's fine. Detroit's up and coming. Florida's good. Montreal, maybe you can make an argument for. Ottawa's up and coming. Tampa's Tampa. Toronto's Toronto. Carolina, Columbus, New Jersey are all good. The Islanders are okay. Rangers are really good. Penguins, Capitals, like all these teams are not directionless. Blackhawk, maybe the Blackhawks, but like even them, they have come out and and told everybody what they're doing. They're yeah. they're, they're tanking. They're, they're absolutely tanking. So I wouldn't even consider calling them directionless. They have a clear direction. Exactly. Actually. They're going to be bad and they're going to try to get drafted. So yeah, they might be a top three team, a top three directionless team in the NHL. Absolutely. Which is the most depressing thing I think I've ever seen, uh, said on this. And pod. it's only because Arizona like can't help themselves, like they don't have the tools, the capabilities. They're just a poverty organization. Like look at the arena they're playing in. 
That's the only reason why the Flyers aren't at the bottom. See, the whole thing about their whole arena, I'm excited to see that, but I'm excited because I'm excited to see how bad it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, it's just you're just gonna be looking at it. It's just like this is a joke. Dude. Like I need to laugh at, at something other than the flyers. That's what I need to. Like, I need to get some laughs out that aren't at my hockey team <laughs> and my players. It's just it's how funny man. would it be if like you know how, like games in Florida like the camera angles are always a little bit off and it's like I bothersome. Hate watching games in in Florida, dude. Imagine if they had that in, like, this Arizona thing. Imagine if it was just, like, off-tilt or something. It's going to be, yeah. I mean, that arena's smaller, so it's going to be a really weird picture. So the, yeah, What if they just had, like, the big 10-plus cameras? <laughs> you know, like, the streams from the college games? Just I wish NHL cameras were, like, like, the college cameras that they'd have on, like, the actual TV. How it was, like, all zoomed out so you can see the entire ice. I, I, I wish that's how they played NHL hockey, but they don't. Um... Another question from Zach, our boy, Zach Attack. With Farabee out, does that open a door for Forrester to make the team out of camp? And could you guys see it happening? Dan, you could take this one. I took all the other questions. I mean, yeah. Yeah, of course. Especially if he continues to put together a good World Juniors tournament and then has a good camp. I don't see why not. Actually, I would be mad if that was ruled out. Like, that should never be ruled out at this point in time. I mean, I don't personally. I don't even think Farabee has anything to do with it. I mean, if Farabee was healthy, yeah, I, I don't think, think Farabee has anything to do with it either. I think if Farabee was healthy, the Forster's started... not going to play top six. I mean, uh, no, nah, I mean he's not playing fourth line, so it's either third line or second line. So he might play top six if uh, Tortorella wants to be a good coach and not be a dumbass. Uh, that's I mean that's where I'd put him, second or third line, and then if he plays well, then first line. But that'd be ideal but to answer your question Zach yes I think he has a, a very good chance to make the team out of camp but do I think he will no I think we'll start the year in the AHL but at the end of the day let's just keep seeing what he's doing oh, absolutely. He's, he's on the stage right now proving it so still 0-0 in that Friendland Canada game so holy shit motorcycle just zoomed by my boy's house uh, Jack our boy can Johnny Gaudreau sign my fire Fletcher sign <laughs> I mean, ask Johnny. <laughs> I'm sure he I would. guess what bothers me the most about this whole thing is like, yes, we did fumble it, but he was very quick to just go sign a seven-year deal in Columbus. Because it was his time. fallback plan, man. His his plan was to come here. That was like, oh shit, they don't want me. I got to go see where I'm going. Yeah. Who wants me? And then I remember I I don't know why I watched this video, Danny, but it was on the Columbus Blue Jackets YouTube like getting Johnny Gaudreau. And it was like, they're all sitting at a table like, wait, wait, he's open to, to coming here? Everybody, drop everything and get this done now. Like that's That was the vibe over there in Columbus when they found out that he was open to coming here after he basically found out that the Flyers didn't want him. So we have one organization that made excuses to their fans and said that we couldn't move cap. And then we had another organization say that we dropped everything, did anything and everything possible to get this guy on the team. Those are the two... That's I mean that's that pisses me off. I mean, Dude, it's Columbus just, is well run. I, I wish it's disgusting, man. I wish we had Columbus's front office. Columbus is they're great. Columbus lapped us, dude. I mean, me and you talked about it off off the mic all the time. They had Lane, uh, not Lane. They still have him. Panarin, Pierre Luc Dubois, 
I mean, who else have they have? <laughs> what else elite player have they traded away? Duchesne, Seth Jones, Seth, and they've lost all of those players and still have lapped us. They are a good, good, good team this. Year. Uh, they're going to be a good team. You got Kent Johnson, yeah. who's going to play NHL hockey this year. Patrick Laine. Honestly, Johnny I'm Gaudreau. proud of Columbus, dude. I they am are, too. They are a top tier org now. Like, and I, I, I could say that. Like, I know they haven't had the playoff success, but the way they are run. The way they put themselves, especially with the market they are, the way they put themselves in a position to win consistently is crazy. And I don't know gonna, how they've been doing it recently. I think they're going to be good this year too. So I'm 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 looking forward to seeing. Dude, yeah, they're young guys. Like that's the scariest part about it is like what we've seen the last five years from Columbus. Like yeah, that track record looks nice, and I think like going forward, their future could be even better. Oh, absolutely. One not in Canada, by the way. Brandon Altman, Rangers prospect. Deflection, I think. Fuck. <laughs> uh, one more question, I believe. Bad hombre dream. Oh, no. How should we hold those running this organization accountable for almost nonstop lies over the last four years? Or simply, why should anyone continue to be a Flyers fan? Uh, Can't answer it for you, dude. Like, I don't blame anyone if they, like, don't want to yeah. watch games. It's just, I personally will. will always, just because it's just an escape for me. And um, but yeah, I wouldn't blame anyone, and I can't no, justify not. it to every like watching games to anyone at the same time. I can't like sit here and tell you why you should be a Flyers fan. I can't. There's no excuse for it. But, no, I, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, the first the first part of the question: How should we hold those running this organization accountable? I mean, there's only so much that we can do from the outside to hold them accountable. Uh, like Danny said, I'm always going to be a fan. I'm always going to be watching games, but. I don't understand, like, I'm, and I'm not talking about you, Jim. There's another guy on Twitter, and I don't even know this fucking, I, I'm pretty sure I muted the account because he commented on every time I fucking tweeted something. Um, he said, oh, you just stop buying tickets, stop watching, stop, st- you're the reason why, you're the reason why this team sucks. You're, like, you're, I don't even know what he was saying. I was like, dude, if you don't want to be a fan, if you don't want to buy shirts, if you don't want to watch the games, don't watch the games, but don't hop on Twitter bitching and crying about other people watching hockey. I love the Flyers. I love hockey. I'm going to watch the game. I will bitch during it. I'll hold them accountable, but I will be watching the games. And trust me, me watching the games on my TV is not the fucking reason why they're bad. And trust me, me not watching the games and me stopping watching games would not hurt their pockets or or even make them blink. They wouldn't even fucking notice, dude. Like, do you know who owns the fucking team? Comcast. And their pockets are deep. So, uh, if if you stop watching the t- uh, the team, they don't give a fuck. It's it's not it's not going to do anything, man. Yeah. And if so, it's about sending a message, they know the message. Listen, we've been bad for 10 years. We've been the fan base has been riled up, has been angry for 10 years. They know. Like, they see we haven't made the playoffs in however so many years. They see the ticket sales have dropped, merch sales have dropped. Like, if if the goal of all of this stop watching is just to send a message for them to be better, be accountable. Oh, like, that's the worst part. They know. They know. They're, they tried to hold themselves accountable. They just, they just are awful. <laughs> they tried to go out and win now, and they, they failed horribly. Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes back to. Like you said, I, I, we don't want to sound like a broken record, but... It all comes back to no direction. Accountability would be firing Chuck Fletcher. I don't know how he's still here. I mean, it's just, I don't think, I have no confidence in him 
at all. And, I mean, like, I was thinking about it the other day. What's the best thing he's done? What's the biggest move he's made? Hayes? Ellis, maybe? Because, I mean, obviously... It's, it's he- interesting you say this, because I was thinking about this the other day, and I was like, funny enough, Chuck's drafts haven't been too bad, but if no. drafting was the only thing that we wanted out of this guy, we would have never fired Hextall to begin with. I mean, go, go be a fucking scout then, dude. Like, go... But it's... But when we fired Hextall, like, we looked at it as, like, all right, whatever. He was the draft guy but couldn't take the next step. Chuck is the next step guy. Maybe not necessarily the asset draft guy. He's, like, puts you in a position to win now. But he's done. He's just been a bitch. I don't understand it. Yeah. It's... Like, he hasn't taken any swings. But yet when he was with the Wild, he was so quick to take swings and bring it in. I remember him saying, players. oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn from my mistakes over there in Minnesota because so many Minnesota fans, well, he ruined our team for a really long time with yeah. those contracts. So, no, those two contracts are bad, but I'm telling you, one seven-year, $9 million Goudreau deal, like, yeah, it might back you into a corner this season, but a couple years from now, you can make that work with guys expiring and Cap offloading some dudes. Like, I would have gladly have had him a part of my core and expended somebody else. Absolutely. I mean, the cap goes up in a couple years, so I'm pretty sure next year it goes up a little bit. So, like, you can't justify it with the well, we were cap strapped. Like, I wanted Johnny Goudreau a part of my core for seven years, not just next year. So, if that meant getting another player, a other roster player, out of the lineup, like, you should have done that. Yeah. If that's what it would have taken. See, like, and that's the thing, man. It's not just Johnny Hockey. Like, I would have took anything, anyone that improved my team, any any high end skill player that would have came Dude, in here and been when, good. When I found out we were in on Debrink at it first, like before the trade happened and like the rumors, like I was so hype about that. I I was like, Definitely. now that's a aggressive retool move, Alex Debrink at because he's young, he fits that bill. Of, the Flyers always say, well, if we find a young player with some term, we will do that. You know what I'm saying? And like he would fit that. Um, that's what he said though, like. Somebody asked him, "Are you are you open to trading the first over uh, the fifth overall pick away?" And he was saying, "The only way we're doing that if it's for a young player, a young high end skill player that can come in here and be good now and for years to come." And like, and, and the Brinkat was on the block, and you didn't go after him. <laughs> and 40, 40 goal scorer, man. They got like, Chicago didn't really get anything like a lot for like Chuck. He could have did that, man. That wasn't like a Kachuk deal. And like, dude. People always say, that. well, he's not going to be playing alongside Patrick Kane, so he's not going to get 40. Like, have you watched this kid play? Like, I have. He's gross. He's gross, <laughs> yeah. dude. And I Watch him in Ottawa. He's going to be gross. And I don't buy the whole, oh, he plays with Patrick Kane, so that's the only reason why he's good. Like, nah, dude. That's, that sorry. is always bullshit. Always that that bullshit. will always be. I've, I've watched guys play with Giroux and still be awful. So that is bullshit. Like, you still got to be good to play in the top line. In the yeah, like you can't be like you can't be dog shit and go play with a top end player and then be good. Like we joke about, oh, Sidney Crosby could make a fucking beer league or good, but I mean, no. Well, they said that about Panarin when he left Chicago. They did. They did. They said the same thing about Panarin. He's not. He wouldn't be the same player alongside Kane. He's a franchise player on the New York Rangers. He's fucking good too. He's man. leading the Madison Square Garden Broadway playoff games now. Like. Get out of here with that bullshit. By the way, did we talk about McEwen yet? Did he he signed August fourth? So we didn't because we haven't done a pod. Uh, we didn't do a pod after August fourth, so we talk about yeah, let's, him let's real talk quick. Talk about Zach McEwen. Uh, I mean, we're fifty minutes in, so I mean, we could do it real <laughs> quick. Uh, he avoided arbitration, signed a one year extension, nine hundred twenty five thousand uh, dollars. Twenty six years old. 
nothing really, <laughs> not yeah, much to not say really about it. I mean, I like Zach. He's, he's all right, man. I'm so tired I of I like these. him as a personality. Definitely, but I'm not like, need Zach McEwen in the lineup. He brings no. something that we don't have. Like, no, dude. He's I'm not a enough, very I'm good hockey player. I'm excited about Delorier because I want to see Delorier just, like, get into 12 like, <laughs> yeah. body people. I said this in the last pod. If we're doing this, dude, let's do it. Yeah. Let's send these guys out. Let them fight. Anybody? If anybody touches one of our players, one of our young, skilled players, York, Frost, Faraby, Konechny, any of these guys, Cates, Tippett, I, and if these players, Delurier, Lawton, McEwen, Brown, don't go after them, what are we here for? What are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to get mad at something that hasn't happened yet, so I won't, I won't get that crazy, but... If that happens, like one of our players gets ran at, and I don't see a guy getting jumped basically by Delorier, it, what the fuck was the signing for? Like he better get tapped on the back of the helmet by Tortorella and told to go after somebody. You know what I mean? Like that's what I want to see. If, if that's what we're doing, let's do it. Let's go. No, this team's gonna be chippy. I'll tell you that. I, 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 I know, I'm excited for it though. Let's go. I know we give those Konechny gifts shit, but like, dude, I'm telling you, imagine Delorier next to a guy like Konechny and Lawton. Like, he's just going to make them feel stronger. Like, talk more shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sandheim, too. Because as much as people don't want to admit it, Ristolainen made Sandheim balls a little bit bigger. <laughs> 100%. And there's nobody that could convince me otherwise. Well, I How many times did I... Dude, Sandheim's gotten beat the fuck up by Nathan Gerby. How many times I saw last year Sandheim punt somebody in the face or get big with somebody after a whistle? And know he can do that because he has Rasmus Ristolainen right behind him. Like, like you said, the chippiness is going to help a couple of players get a little bit more like feistier. But combined with the coach, too. Yeah. So we'll see. The Flyers still have Wade Allison, Linus Hogberg, Hayden Hoxson, and then that's it. So Hoxson, Hogberg, and Allison to still sign. Which you get worried about Allison yet or no? Contract wise or career wise? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Contract-wise, no. Career-wise, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't sit here and blame you. It's kind of the same thing as we said a little bit ago about can't blame people for not wanting to watch the games. If can't blame you for being a little bit weary about Wade Allison. Dude has not been able to stay healthy at all his entire career. And it, it's a damn shame, too, because every time you watch the kid play, it's like you love his game. Like He's, he's a fun player he's to a, watch. He, he's the embodiment of a, of a flyer. Hits everything that moves, works hard, and has an elite shot, electric shot. So yeah, I said this before. Like, could be. I hope not, but could be one of the greatest what ifs of the last ten years of the Flyers. Honestly, I think that's a pretty good. Yeah, no, yeah, I I could definitely agree with that because, like you said, I mean, his shot is just so fun to watch, and he just plays that that type of way that you want somebody like a player like him to play. It's just. Did we talk about Lenzinski? That was July 28th. I think we did. I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, I think I remember that. So, I mean, not, not, not much has happened in Flyers land, man. Not much has happened. And honestly, in the NHL world, not much has happened. So. That, well, honestly, we're lucky we even have, like, a World Juniors right now. It could be even more. Yeah, that's a good could point. Could be even more of a dry patch. At least we have World Juniors and then hopefully training camp September. And But this period is always rough. We want to go down the, the the roster real quick and just talk about these guys' expectations for the upcoming season before we wrap this up? Yeah. 
All right, first guy, Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes. All right. So last year, gave him like all the circumstances, the injury, the family matters. Like I, everyone collectively gave him a pass, and rightfully so. This season, I'm expecting to see more of what we saw in the first year and second year of Kevin Hayes. Good penalty kill play. I, I hope he's fast. Looks faster this season because his skating definitely took a a downhill last season after his core injury. So hopefully he gets back into gear, plays the penalty kill, gets some shorthanded goals for us again. That'd be beautiful. Him and Atkinson as a PK pair would be nice. But yeah, definitely just think get that back to form. Just get back to form. Back man. to formula. Uh, definitely think that Kevin Hayes could. Uh, he definitely gets a pass for me. I'm pretty sure I've said that. During the season, uh, last year, because this everything. is the year, like yeah, turn it back up. You have know? to, have to. Uh, next guy, James Van Riemsdyk. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> expectations for him. I'm not are... even gonna be a troll right now. I'm not even gonna be a troll. Like my expectations, twenty five goals. I mean, yeah, yeah. If we're talking expectation wise, absolutely. I want twenty five goals. I mean, what else am I gonna ask for him? He doesn't do anything else. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I mean. I mean, if he's not scoring goals, he's doing nothing. But, I mean, if he can come in here and, and put up 25 goals and, like, do it consistently and not – Hopefully not in garbage time. Yeah. Not in garbage time when we're out of the playoffs by 20 points. That would be awesome. But, yeah, he's just uh, – one more year left on that deal. He, he's gone after this season. So, just got to deal with him. It frustrating knowing the history of, like, his contract, not being able to move his contract is the reason Johnny's not here. So, like, seeing him play this year, there will be some bitterness. Could it be some bitterness, not going to lie? And he's got to step up and perform. You have to. You're, you're one of the top-paying guys on the team. You're the veteran. Yeah. You're 33 years old. You have to Yeah, you have to show up. I need 25-plus goals from you next year. Cam Ackerson. Uh I have all the expectations for this guy. I'm talking shorthanded goals, 25-plus goals. Awesome PK work. I mean, he he was probably one of the bright spots on the team last year before he got hurt uh, towards the end of the season. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Cam's Cam. You know what you're getting with Cam. You know what kind of player he is. He plays hard night in, night out, and that's all Played of for th- Tortorella in the past, and now he's rekindling that fire with him going into this season. So you have to think he's going to have probably a big voice. He's going to be a guy Torts is going to be comfortable leaning on. Absolutely. Using a guy like using a guy like him to push buttons, send messages because he knows he can take it. He always says uh, Cam is like a stubborn, chippy <laughs> player, and you have to be that way when you're a small player in the NHL. You have to be stubborn. You have to want it more. So I, I think yeah, high expectations for Cam Agassiz. I think he's going to be even more of a leader in the room than he was before. And Cam Agassiz gives all the praise to John Tortorella for the player and man that he is today. So a lot of guys do. Yeah, which is awesome. I mean, that's just like, and I love Tortorella admitting that he's like a. <laughs> he's a little stubborn little guy sometimes. Like I, I love that he said that, and I just love how honest he is. And I, I'm not a, even a player in the locker room, but those guys gotta love how honest he is. Like you, you know what you're getting with Torts. Like he's not talking shit behind your back. He's going to walk right up to you and be like, "You suck today. You were bad. I need more from you. You're a better player than that." Like mm-hmm. that's the type of thing that you get from. From Tortorella. And, yeah, guys have admitted he can be hard on you, absolutely. But it's consistent, and he only does it because he loves you, and he wants you to be good. Yeah, instead of being sneaky, instead of letting doubts creep and letting you get in your own head, like, he just argues with you right away, gets the problem over with. And, like, yeah, you hate it in the moment, but the next day you're going to wake up and you'll be a better team. Absolutely. Your relationship is better with him because of it because you just confronted the issue instead of sweeping it under the rug and 
for trying to forget about it. And I guarantee you, and I guarantee you, not one rookie this year that makes his NHL debut for the Philadelphia Flyers will be told by a goalie coach. He will be told by John Tortorella that you're playing tonight. Like, that's just the kind of guy that John is. And the fact that that happened to Sandheim years and years and years and years ago still pisses me off today. So, I'm excited to have a character guy like John Tortorella on the, in the organization. But now it's up to the players. It's not... John, can, John Tortorella can only do so much. He's not on the ice playing. So, uh, Travis Konechny. Let's talk about Travis. Expectations for him Honestly, we kind of had a good rundown of him we earlier. We did. We did. Um... The only reason why we're so hard on him is because of the bar he set in his all-star season. Like I've seen the kind of player he could be. I've seen what kind of leader he could be on this team. And um, just want him to get back to that and then grow on that. Absolutely. No, I mean, I think – I mean, I, we keep saying this about every player. But, I mean, Konechny is one of those guys that I could see taking off in a John Tortorella system. Give him a structured system. Let him – let him have a coach that lets him know that he's needs to hit the fucking net and it's hard on him. Like he's another one, like another one of those chippy smaller guys like Atkinson that maybe John Tortorella could do the same thing he did with Cam to to uh, Travis. Like I'm not out on Travis. I just want more from him. That's all. That's all that me. That's all it is with me and you. Like we're not like fuck Travis Connecting. He sucks. Trade him for a bag of pucks. It's just I need more from him. And if he's not going to give me more, then let's trade him while he has value. Let's get something back. That, I mean, that's where I'm at with him. But expectations, dude, 65-plus points. Like, 65-plus fucking points. You're 25 years old. You're a core guy. You play in the top six. So 65-plus points. And if I don't get that, then... Uh, and, fuck. like, a, a higher expectation than that. Like, I don't... Try to be an all-star. Tyson Forrester just scored. Oh, my God. Tyson Forrester is fucking snapping the last three games, man. Holy fuck. What a goal, too. Not one of his goals, but the slapper he had last game. Crashed the net, got a rebound, potted it, and then fell into the net. So that makes two goals, one assist, three points in four games for Forrester. Awesome. That is some awesome stuff. Good for him. Good for Tyson. That's what we were saying when we answered that question, man. He's still on that stage. He could... Absolutely. Carry this away for a little bit because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet it out. I'll, I'll still chime in, though. Uh, Joel Farabee heading into the season. Expectations. Joel Farabee, ah, this is a tough one because going into this year, Tortorella's system, what I've seen from him in the past with the consistency issues, I would have said that my expectation is a more consistent Joel Farabee for this season, but the injury throws a wrench in that. It's a pretty serious back injury. I don't know how he's going to be this season. Isn't really it a don't. neck he's, injury? Oh, uh, was it? I mm-hmm. thought it was a, a disc surgery that he got in his back. The same one Jack Eichel got, wasn't it? Uh, it's, all right, it's either back or neck. I'm not. I'm not. Either way, it's a brutal surgery. Yeah, it's definitely not a surgery that you want a 22 year old kid having. So, and it's it's one of those where, like, I guess people say he's gonna still be the same, but I don't know. Like, it kind of worries me to think about what the effects of that could be on him to begin the year. It was a neck so injury. So my expectation isn't that high going into the season for him. Going into this season, hopefully he picks it up. But I don't expect him to start hot. If he's healthy, uh, expectations are definitely kind of kind of high. But uh, if he's noticeably kind of behind play, especially the first couple of weeks, I mean, he will he won't get any slack from me. Like that's an injury and that's a surgery that's honestly kind of scary. It's a very very scary injury, uh, yeah, especially legit, for a twenty year old kid. 
So when I saw that, we remember. I remember. I was like, "How the hell did that even happen?" Like, I, do, I didn't even see him like un- get under- injured that bad. Undergoing disc replacement surgery in his cervical region. That's what oh. he had done. So I mean, yeah, it's just not a good surgery to have. So expectations are kind of mild for Joel Farabee next year, but I still think he's going to have a good year. Uh, Scott Lawton, Scotty. Expectations are always kind of the same for him, huh? You know what you're going to get from Scott yeah. Lawton. He doesn't really disappoint much. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't know. He went like 22 games last year without a point. I, he, I, and I know he's not like a guy that has to score goals. He's not the guy there to score goals and score points. But, I mean, sometimes I look at him I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, God forbid, man. I need a little bit more out of you. 22 games without a fucking point. Why does every player, every time I turn around, I'm looking at like, Fucking twenty-two games right a point here, there, there. I'm like, oh, what the? Like, there's no consistency. But well, for him, I just expect to be a solid bottom six player and be a leader. Bottom six, yeah, absolutely. What he will be. Vicey leader, hit people, protect your teammates, score he's some one, goals. He, he's capable. Yeah, me, he's one of like the short. Like I, you really honestly know what you're gonna get from Scott. Yeah. He's kind of like a, a Tortorello as a player kind of thing. <laughs> you know what you're getting out of. Uh, at a lot. And as much shit as I talked on, not shit, but as much slack as I give lot sometimes, shows up in the playoffs. Every time we're in the playoffs, that dude's doing something. Yeah, he He's scoring a big, big goal. Games. He loves big games. Uh, Nick Delorier. Oh, we've, <laughs> we've set the expectation for him. Listen, we beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah, you, you, we're the, the lead, the league lead in fights last season. Just beat the shit out of everybody. Absolutely. Make it entertaining. Protect my... Get that uh, building to pop. Like, that's going to get that building jumping, dude. It's going to get me hyped, dude. I'm not, not going to lie. As much shit as I talked about the signing, because the signing is still fucking terrible. But... <laughs> it's bad. It's like, fucking it's awful. Here, yeah. But, I mean, expectations for him. Protect my young players. Protect my stars. Protect my team. I mean, protect my, <laughs> my flyers and fight people. That's my expectations for you. Owen Tippett. Expectations for him is just you need to take that next step. That's the expectation for him. And it's I'm, the same with Frost, honestly. Yeah, I mean, him and Frost are in the same boat. I'm going to go down the line, actually. Fucking Tippett, Cates, Frost. Take that next step. All three of you. That's the expectation. Yeah. Not saying I'm go excited up. for Tates, man. Uh, not Tates. Cates, man. I really think he's going to um, have a good season this year. Uh, Connor Bedard just went top right from the circle. Jesus Christ. I think we don't even have a chance at him, and we're not even going to What a running. shot. Not to cut you off. Oh, my Lord. What a shot. He has 20 goals in 17 games with Canada under U18s and the uh, World Juniors. Huh. That kid is apt. What a shot. When you when we get off of here, go look at that shot. Oh, yeah. my Lord. But, yeah, Tippett, Frost, and Cates all take that next step. Not saying go score 55-plus points each, but need you to take some steps, show that you're the yeah. future of this team. After the deadline, like, they Ooh. put you in a position to go showcase yourself. You they know what did. I mean? They, they basically said, go out there. We've traded Giroux. Go get your reps. And it, it leads to this. You got your reps. You got a coach. It's time you're on the team. It's time to turn it up now. And I've tipped my cap to Chuck. As much as I talked about Chuck. Tip my cap to him about that. That was the right move, the perfect move, and it instilled confidence in both of them. So, really like the way he he handled Frost and uh, Tippett last year. Uh, I'm going to skip Bobby Brink because he is hurt. Expectations yep. for him is to play some good AHL hockey when he comes back and then hopefully jump up and have a nice little rookie season with us. That's that's it. Zach McEwen, Kyle went over him. Kind of the same thing as Delorier. Protect my players. <laughs> Protect my young stars and play some feisty hockey. Maybe pot a few goals. Not a, not a lot of expectations for him. Not a very good hockey player, but <laughs> I'm sorry. He's not. 
Patrick Brown. Same thing with him. Not a very good yeah. hockey player. Win some face-offs. That's my expectation. I don't know. Don't forget about Couturier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going down the, the cat-friendly list, and he's still on the LTIR. Uh, but, yeah, we talk about Coots right now. High Coots, expectations. I, yeah. Always Just be the guy, man. Honestly, if we're going to say what we said about Long, It's his team. It's his team. It is. It is. So, Coots, like, I'm, I have high expectations of him. It's the first season where he gets to come in, and, like, he's the fucking guy. If we're going to say what we said about Lawton and like how you get, you always know what you're going to get with loss. You always know what you're going to get with Sean Couturier. You always know. He's he's just a solid fucking two-way, elite two-way player who just won the Selkie a couple years ago. Who Great in the big moments, shuts down the best players in the league. Has like, been shutting down, has been pissing Evgeny Malkin off since he was 18 years old. Took him a little bit to get that offense down. And that's why I'm so so lenient in giving up on young players because Sean Couturier couldn't score a point until he was like 26. Dude, like (laughs) 70% of the fan base chalked Sean Couturier. Yeah. No Big time. Big time. I remember that. Um, That was was brutal. He's he's so good. Ivan Provorov. Ivan Provorov. Now, this is interesting because my expectations for him are really high. Really, really high because you have a good partner. You're going to have a good, like you're not playing with Justin Braun, and no, that's not a slight on Justin Braun. He's a good player, but at this stage of his career, he's a bottom bottom pair extra defenseman who should not be playing on a top pair. So he's going to get a 26 year old Tony D'Angelo in here that can score points, play some okay defense. So I mean, my expectations are high. Program, you're one of our guys now, man. You're 25 years old, one of the highest paid, our highest paid paid defenseman other than Ellis, who's on LTIR. Actually, does he make more than Ellis? He does. So, he's the highest paid defenseman on the team, by far. So, expectations are huge for, for Ivan. Yeah, I mean, if you think about Ivan Provrov, 17-18, good, he had a great season. 18-19, downhill. 19-20, great season. And then, feels like downhill kind of from there. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the theme of his good season is him having a consistent partner. Uh, Gosses Bear and Niskanen those respective years so hopefully he can have a good partner this season and get back to having a great season because I do believe he is the guy I loved what I saw from him in the 1920 bubble and I just pray he can get back to that I'm gonna just skip over Ellis because I, I mean I can't have expectations for somebody who might not even be on the ice so uh, he's a question mark yeah, yeah. Rasmus Ristolainen what are your expectations for Risto just under John Tortorella, he's never played in the playoffs. That's crazy. I think he's going to be hungry this season. And you're, you're going to see an even more feisty Rasmus Ristolainen. And like you said, a more Structured. maybe even tempered at times with the way he... He needs to be. With the way he yeah, holds it back and... Pick your spots, I think, dude. Yeah, Tortorella's probably going to hone him in. Uh, I, I, I agree. I hope I'm actually kind of excited for Ristolainen under a torch uh, a torch defensive system, so I'm excited to see how he does. But I mean, expectations for him for me, which is kind kind of do the same thing you did last year, man. Like help Sanheim play well because you both feed off each other. Because uh, Sanheim was good last year. Not saying a lot because the entire defense sucked, but he he was good, and they both made each other each other better. So build on that is my expectation. Build on that, get better. Um, a little bit more structured for Risto, and hopefully that happens in the Torrella system. So, yeah, just kind of mild expectations for him. But, I mean, I 
it could jump up to high expectations. He's capable offensively. He really is. So if he gets comfortable and starts playing well, look out. It could be fun. Uh, Tony D'Angelo. Expectations for him. Just score points, man. I want 55-plus points. Power play, my uh, quarterback, power play, my power guy, play. Yeah. Absolutely, power uh, quarterback, my power play. Like a mm, fuck, I, I want fucking sixty points, dude. Fuck fifty-five points. I want sixty plus. Good, I want to see breakouts that I haven't seen here since Niskanen. I love Niskanen's breakouts. It was always smooth. <sighs> he always hit it in the right spot at the tape right time. Made the right decisions. If I get that from D'Angelo, it dude, it's incredibly satisfying to watch when you have a defenseman who's just calm enough to take the puck in any panic situation and find the outlet. Yeah. Like they've just been doing it for years. It's incredibly satisfying to watch, especially for a fan like me who's watched terrible defensemen for years. Terrible. Years. Terrible. Watching them throw it off the glass, watching them throw hope and a prayer, Hail Marys out of the zone, grenades. You remember watching Oliver Lardson? <laughs> Honestly, No. I, I mean, I do, uh, but like, no. <laughs> Very vividly, eh? Uh, Travis Connect, uh, Travis Connect, Travis Sanheim. Expectations for him. Kind of just build off last year, eh? Yeah. If he could, like, I guess, bring what he brought towards the end of last season, that, that would be great. Because yeah. he did start a little slow. Oh, no. That, yeah, definitely started slow. Yeah, just kind of just build off last year. Um, score a little bit more points. We'd like to see him get some power play time, which is probably not going to happen, especially if he works on the team. Um, but, yeah, just improve on your good end to last season, and hopefully you and Risto can continue to feed off each other like you did last year. So, uh, Justin Braun. Only expectation for him is just help York. <laughs> yeah, just be a solid depth veteran. Mentor York, dude, please. Help York. Yeah, Justin Braun, he's solid. Solid, dude. I honestly think not not perfect, but he's a very good option as a veteran player to place next to a rookie on a third pairing. Yeah. Like that's that's not bad. I'm I'm not mad at that at that signing at all. They love uh, not him at too. All. Yeah, he's a good dude too, and he's Everyone solid. He's him. a solid yeah, dude. Everyone loves him. Everywhere he goes, they love him. Uh, Ronnie Atard probably won't be on the team, but expectations for him is go go get AHL games. Go play in the AHL all year. Yeah. Go yeah. get that. Um, go play pro hockey. Go learn how to play the game the right way. Um. He did look good in devel- uh, in in rookie camp though. He was definitely one of the best players out there. Looked like he was having a little bit too much fun. Uh, Cam York, expectations for him. He's in that that boat of Frost Tippett. Yeah, me. take that take next, the next step. step. And it's it's because York has progressed and succeeded every step of the way. It feels like, and yeah, the team sucked last season, so he couldn't really have a like great showcase couldn't really like take off and there's nothing really you could be that excited about but this could be the season he really breaks out which would be I mean, lovely for us and it, w- it wouldn't surprise me either because like i said every step of the way he's figured it out he's succeeded he labs in the off season has been worker. here all off season has stayed in Voorhees, has trained in that facility all off season so it works a beast man just to kind of that's high what you expectations want. for York. I very, really do. Very high. I like, always have had him too, and he's lived up to it thus far. So I expect nothing less. I'm talking, I'm talking like take a top two, uh, a top four pairing spot, or take that top power play unit spot, or something. Kind of expectate. Like I'm, yeah. York, I, I think York's gonna be a very good player for us. So expectations are pretty high for him. Uh, Nick Sealer. Zero expectations for this guy. I do not care what he does. Um, just fill in when we need yeah, it, dude. Like, hit people, fight people, 
like don't I, make like, too many mistakes. Yeah, kind of the same thing with as like Delorier and McEwen and Brown. Like just fight people, stick up for my fucking <laughs> my flyers, and try not to be in the lineup that much. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> with, with, with him, it's like hopefully I'm not talking about you. Because if I end, <laughs> just do your part. And just... Bro, bro, we're like a, a wrist aligning injury away from fucking Sealer, <laughs> dude. That, that, that's dude. what pisses me off. It should be Zamula. And maybe it will be Zamula, but... Yeah, we don't know. It should be. It, I mean, it should be. Carter a of, Hart. A lot of season to play out here. Carter Hart. The biggest expectation on the team. Of, of them all. It's not even close. So. We, we think he's a franchise goaltender. Yep. That's really all there is to say to it. Every single season, I've seen him start the year red hot. Especially last season. I saw him keep the team in for as long as possible. That train wreck of a team. And when, like... Eventually, the back gets broken. Eventually, the confidence is shot. And yes, he did not look that great towards the second half. But how could he? How could he be confident? How could he have faith that going into a game that he could have a chance to win it, to steal it? And he still would at times. That's the craziest part. But yeah, And we saw in the playoffs, he had shutouts. I mean, I believe in Carter Hart long term. He's still so young. So young, dude. And what 24 he's years done, old. Even, even up until this point. Being that young, like playoff shutouts, out dueling Carey Price, keeping us in games, the highlight reel saves that he's had, high expectations. With I think, if he was behind a better team the last two seasons, I think he would have already been catapulted to a top three goalie in the league. It's a, but it's, it's a, the fact that his supporting cast is so garbage. It's a bold take. That his defense is so trash. Like if he was behind, if he was on Colorado. If he was on Colorado. Oh Jesus, dude. He would he would be regarded top three yeah my my i mean you kind of just covered everything but my expectation for him is just improve under towards the system it's going to help you he's going like you're the first player that he mentioned he's going to try to help you the most so 25 plus wins i mean is that a crazy expectation for harder heart even though the team's gonna be ass (laughs) give me 25 wins that that's all i want no because i i believe like I said, we believe in Carter Hart, and I believe that if this defense stays healthy, and I believe York's going to have a breakout year. So I think the defense is going to be kind of solid. So so do I. Yeah, I can see that. I think that's going to be like the, the selling point or like our best X yeah. factor on the team is like our back end. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he like, like I said an hour ago, he's the one player on this team that you can point to is like he could be a franchise player. He could be the reason why – we're gonna be good, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, if so. he's great, we yeah, we could just yeah. take off and go exactly. on. But if he's awful, we're there's zero chance. Yeah, chalk it all if he's awful. <laughs> Throw it all. Get ready Seriously. for fucking the 2023 draft. Uh, next week we'll do uh, the prospects expectations. We'll go down the prospect list: Forrester, Tuamala, Dayernay, Latcliffe, Wisdom. All these guys. We'll go down that list. We'll talk about them. The expectations Have more world for all them. Updates. Absolutely. So, want to wrap this one up, man? This is almost eighty yeah. minutes long. Wait, when when would the gold medal game be? Is there like a date on that yet, or do we not know? Not yet. I don't Going to have so. like a ballpark or anything? Would it be like September, or is it is it soon? No, it'd probably be near my birthday. Got you. All nobody, right, yeah, maybe next episode we'll know who won, or we'll know the matchup. Maybe nobody knows when my birthday is though. So maybe around August twenty first, <laughs> just to give you some context. But yeah, good episode. Loved it. Love talking to you, bro, about hockey, even though this sucks. Hey, we're almost back into the swing of things. Once we get some preseason games, you know us, dude. You could Ooh. put 
You can put anyone in that Flyers jersey in a preseason game. We'll talk about it. Exactly. We'll and be talking about I it. did just find out when the finals were going to be. And I was right. Saturday. This Saturday. Tough. Yeah. Semifinals will be Friday. Finals will be, yeah, Saturday. So just around the day before my birthday, we'll get we'll get some gold medal game, which I think is going to be United States versus Canada, which is going to be fun. Very fun. Always is. Seems like that's usually the game. Yep. A lot of the times. Love it. Love it. Excited to see what uh, Forster continues to do, though. I mean, he's been on fire lately, so we'll see. Absolutely. This was episode 83 of the Liberty Yell. Follow us on all socials at the Liberty Yell. Follow me on Twitter at TLY Danny and Chris at Chris Stumps. Go floor.